0: This is Bias Bender, and I'm Kayla Stokes. Welcome to the next episode of this podcast where we are exploring the lives of Black women from the past and the present in order to imagine the future. This week's episode is about Marie Van Britten Brown and feeling safe. Hello, hello, everyone. Okay. Okay. I know. (laughs) It has been a little while since I've shared a new podcast episode. And when I say a little while, I mean like a month. Crazy. I know. Life has picked up quite a bit on my end and I didn't really want the quality of Biasbender to take a hit because of my schedule. So the podcast went on a hiatus there for the majority of April. But I'm excited to be back. I have some very cool collaborations and special episodes in the works, so don't think I wasn't thinking and working on the podcast while I was away. I am so glad to be diving back in and sharing episodes with you because it still brings a smile to my face to learn about the women who have come before me and the women who are leading the way towards a better future. So basically, I'm back. All right. So this week has been... A lot, hasn't it? If you happen to be listening sometime in the future, or if you just uh, aren't aware for some reason, the Derek Chauvin trial has come to a close, and for the first time in a long time, a cop is being held accountable in our legal system for, well, murdering a black man. It's a step, for sure, but I have to be honest when I tell you that I didn't feel great hearing the news. I didn't feel like celebrating. I felt relieved that he was convicted as opposed to the alternate option, but I also felt this huge pit in my stomach because this is the world I live in. This is the world we live in. This week's trial didn't feel like a victory to me, but as I scrolled through my social media, I saw a lot of folks, mostly not black folks, celebrating and calling the verdict justice. Seeing that response really rubbed me the wrong way, and at first I didn't know why. I thought I was being unnecessarily bitter, but at the same time it felt like a lot of people were chalking up the verdict to a job well done and that's that, and I did really feel bitter about that, (laughs) and well, I've sat with it for a day or two and I still feel weird. I looked up the word justice. Justice has a lot of definitions, and in some cases, I guess, justice was served. In the sense of the definition, the administration of the law, justice was served. The law put a police officer behind bars for murdering a black man, this time. But the other definitions of the word seem way more important to me right now. Justice, the quality of being just, impartial, or fair. Justice, the maintenance or administration of what is just, especially by the impartial adjustment of conflicting claims or the assignment of merited rewards or punishments. Justice, conformity to truth, fact, or reason. What I've seen in this case and so many others is the lack of impartiality, truth, fact, or reason. So I don't know how any of the events that led up to the verdict, including the verdict, could be looked at as justice. Especially when the verdict doesn't make me feel any more safe as a black person. Wouldn't that be fair? So yeah, I took Instagram and Facebook off of my phone for the time being. I know we're all just trying to do our best. And sometimes because of that there's a lot of noise that hasn't been adding anything positive to my brain space so I'm taking a break and feeling what I need to feel about this past week this past year and so much more I'll be back on the old social medias at some point but I think I just need space to be bitter right now and I need to also remind myself that real life has very little to do with what is on my Instagram feed anyway I don't know if anyone else is feeling this way, but I thought that if someone is, that it would be helpful to know that you are not alone. I am a sour grape, and I'm working to take care of myself while I feel this way. Because for me, it can feel uncomfortable to accept my less pleasant states of being, but they are a part of my existence, and they make me a full human. Okay, I may be saying all this to convince myself that it's okay to feel whatever way I feel, but I hope you can also take my self-talk as advice if you need it to. (sighs) Okay, now that my feelings about all of that are out, (laughs) I want to talk with you this week about something that is always on my mind, but I've been really focusing on it over the past week, and that thing is safety. We've all been seeing so much violence and broken boundaries in the news. It's of course in the George Floyd murder case, but also it's in the cases of what feels like the endless list of black people taken too soon. And the rampant epidemic of gun violence and mass shootings that also never seem to stop. Increasingly, I don't always feel safe. Even when statistically I might be okay in whatever scenario I find myself in, hearing about so many people thinking their day was going to go one way and then it ended with them losing their life by someone else's decisions makes me not feel safe. I find myself doing things to create a bubble of safety around myself. I lock my doors. I check in with people when I get home. I check in with people when I leave home. At night, I try and walk in well-lit places, and if I can't find a well-lit place, I just walk right in the middle of the street if I can. (laughs) Anecdotally, I... Went to college in Pittsburgh and I had plenty of late nights coming home from campus to my apartment. And I remember spending a lot of those walks home probably looking crazy because I was walking straight down the middle of the street. But I felt way more safe doing that than walking on a bunch of dark sidewalks lined with alleyways. So, yeah, I'm sure if you're a woman, you're probably all too familiar with the checklist of things that we do to keep ourselves feeling safe. And of course, there's another list of things I find myself doing that's more related to being black. I obviously don't ever want to be pulled over while driving. We've all seen how that ends up for so many black people, so I drive well. I am paranoid about breaking rules in general because I don't want to have any trouble. I guess you could say that I shouldn't want to break any rules anyway, but there's a certain precaution I've carried with me because of being black— I know that if I mess up, I'm not necessarily going to be treated very well at all. So crossing my T's and dotting my I's is a part of me protecting myself from the world around me. Now, this week I want to talk about a woman who also didn't always feel very safe in her environment. When faced with that feeling of insecurity, she worked to find a solution that so many of us use in our day to day. Let's dive in and chat about Marie Van (laughs) Britten-Brown. Marie Van Britten Brown was born on October 30, 1922. She was born and raised in Jamaica, Queens, and as far as I can tell, it looks like she spent her entire life living and working there, too. I wasn't able to find a lot about her life, to be honest, but I do know that she worked professionally as a nurse. Her husband, Albert, worked as an electronics technician. They both had odd hours, so Marie would often find herself coming home late at night to an empty house. This didn't make Marie feel very safe. Serious crimes were on the rise by the time she was a working adult, and because her neighborhood was, well, not occupied by white folks, the police weren't so great at responding to emergency calls. Tale as old as time, am I right? So, there Marie was, in a situation that didn't make her feel safe. But the cool thing about Marie was that she was solution-oriented. She enlisted her tech-savvy husband to help her bring to life her idea that she created in order to make herself feel safer. This idea was a home security system, but it wasn't like the other home security systems at the time. It wasn't simply a series of locks and alarms. She created the first home security system that featured a slew of technologies that we still use in home security systems today. Her mechanism used four peepholes that had motorized video cameras that could toggle up and down in order to get a good view of whoever was at the door. The video feed then connected to a television monitor inside the home. A microphone was also used to communicate with whoever was outside the door via a speaker. And additionally, the system did include a panic button that would connect directly to authorities. Now, when would you say that this was invented? I'll give you a second. When I first read the idea of the mechanism, I thought about how this type of system would be pretty new to most homes. I know the ring and other little gadgets have brought video doorbells into a lot of homes recently, but really that has been quite a recent addition. So when I read that Marie invented this system and filed for a patent with her husband back in 1966, I was pretty surprised to be honest. The patent was filed under the title Home Security System Utilizing Television Surveillance. It turns out that this technology of Basically, CCTV had existed beforehand, but was really only being used by the military. So Marie's in-home use of a system like this was groundbreaking. She and her husband were granted the patent in 1969. This event was even written up by the New York Times, and the Browns were both recognized for the novelty of this invention. Of course, in the Times article, they say that her husband received the patent with help from his wife— But in reality, it does appear as though it was more likely that it was the other way around. In the article, it seems as though the Browns were eager to get the idea into production and people's homes so that they could share their security idea with the world. However, I think Marie's idea was a bit before its time, just because of how expensive the equipment would be to install in the everyday home at the time. Unfortunately, that means that Marie and her husband Albert didn't see very much financial success as a result of their patent. But they are credited as being instrumental in the progression of home security and the tech world in general. They are credited on 35 US patents for subsequent home security inventions. And, as I was saying, it seems as though video-based home security systems are becoming more and more accessible and relatively affordable as the technology keeps moving forward. Marie Van Britten-Brown didn't quite get to see her invention take over the cities and suburbia like it has in the past couple of decades. She passed away in Queens in 1999 at the age of 76. Even though she's not here to see her invention flourishing, she did get some recognition while she was alive for her brilliant idea, including an award from the National Scientists Committee. And that's the story of Marie Van Britten Brown's contribution to our safety. I loved learning about how Marie was able to use her resources to create something that would help her feel more safe. And in doing so, she created technology that would go on to save lives in the future. This week, I am ruminating on all the things we do to keep ourselves feeling safe. Physically safe, but also mentally and emotionally safe. For me this week, that has meant remembering to lock up when I go on walks with my dog, but also taking social media off of my phone. I wonder what that means for you and your situation. What do you do to feel safe? makes you feel safe physically or mentally is there anything you do to make others feel safe just wondering (laughs) i am so happy to be sharing space with you this week and i will catch you later but until then thank you so much for listening Sources to research this week's episode Smithsonian Mag's article A Brief History of the Invention of the Home Security Alarm by Laura Hilkers AAREG's Article Inventor Marie Van Britten Brown for. Timeline's article This African American Woman Invented Your Home Security System by Stephanie Buck BlackPass.org's article Marie Van Britten Brown by Rebecca Hill Original music as always by Adam Westerman